Welcome to Museum Way, the podcast of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. We're sharing all the ins and outs of the museum, from the galleries to the trails, the architecture, and more. You'll learn the Museum Way of Crystal Bridges. On today's podcast, we're talking all about artwork installation. We'll meet artist Allison Schatz, who is here in town installing her work, Scattering Screen, in our North Forest. We'll also talk with assistant preparator Drew Divaldis to talk about art installations and working with artists in the upcoming exhibition, The Beyond, Georgia O'Keeffe and Contemporary Art. So let's jump into this episode of Museum Way. We're here now with artist Allison Schatz. Allison, welcome to Northwest Arkansas. Thank you. So let me ask you this. A lot of people, when they have the opportunity to meet an artist, they are often curious as to how you became an artist. Did you, is it something that you always wanted to do, or did you kind of stumble into it? Tell us your path. I had a long, well, somewhat long, circuitous path, but um, I always did art when I was little. It was really like the thing I did to keep myself entertained. Um, but I didn't see it as a career, and I like science as well. So I went into geology originally and studied geology at University of Colorado for two years. Huh. And um, I liked it. I, I, I still like geology, but I didn't like it enough. I wasn't – there was something, you know, not there for me. And at the same time as I was doing that, I was doing – taking art classes also at University of Colorado – and I kept finding myself going to the art class, like taking more and more art classes. Uh-huh. And finally, actually, my mother suggested, you know, why don't you go to art school? It seems like you really enjoy that. <laughs> and I, I transferred to Rhode Island School of Design. But even then, I didn't think that being an artist was a real career. You know, it was very hard to do that at that time, and it's a little better now. But, well, what um, changed your mind? What was the path? So then that's when, like, it sort of just took over where I didn't almost have a choice. Like, I, you know, went to Ron School of Design, was thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to do something career-wise. And, um, like, I was doing textile design for a while because I thought that might be a career. And then uh, I just wanted to make art. But it took a long time. Then I went to graduate school, thought, well, I'll teach. Uh-huh, right. Um, but... Eventually, I realized, I think in grad school, I realized, oh, I just, I really want to do this. I'm just going to have to support it doing whatever I can to do to support it. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably where I really became directed was in grad school. Great. So your art, and I, I would, I'm going to tell everybody to go to your website so that they can see your art because it's, um, there's a wonderful variety of um, approaches that you take. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspires you? Um, it's really a process of experimentation. Uh, I don't typically start with an idea, so I a lot of times may start with a material. Um, I'm thinking specifically of you know in the past five years I've started to work in ceramic, mm. and that began with just this kind of passion for ceramics. Yeah, I had gone to Japan and seen these incredible ceramic dishes and, you know, tea bowls there. Right. And um, I just started to be kind of obsessed with ceramics. So then I I started to work with it. I taught myself. 
and um, but also had help, you know, in any studio I would work in, there'd be other ceramicists there I could ask, and and so that started. But then the, the material then directed the um, the form. Okay, so your um, your art seems to deal a lot with space and the construction of space, or the realization of it, or the investigation of it, even. Would you say that the piece that you've created, uh, Scattering Screen, that you're installing now, is based on that concept? Yes, it's not based on space, but it definitely deals with space. There's a positive and negative space thing that happens, and uh, negative space is sort of an art term, meaning like all the space around the things that we see. So mm-hmm. it's not a scientific term, but it's something that you learn in like in drawing class, you know, one right. on one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that always intrigued me was all that in between space and scattering screen sort of plays with that. So the positive and negative space kind of intertwine or you, it makes your eye kind of go back and forth between them. Sometimes the holes look like positive things and the the objects look like holes. Um so you start to think, I, I like to think that people will start to think about space differently. I also think that it looks, it's about air in a sense, or it's about solidity. Hmm. You know, what is mass and what is not, you know, what has mass and what doesn't have mass. Right. Things like that. So, so yeah. can you describe for our listener uh, what it is, sort of the shape it is, the the form it takes? Um, it's kind of screen-like. It's sort of flat, which is also unusual for a sculpture. Mm. Um, I'm a lot of times I'm in my work. I try to play with that idea of of what we expect sculpture to be. So instead of being this, you know, I mean, I make three-dimensional sculptures as well, mm-hmm. but um, this one is very flat, and um, it's also it's made of lots of little stainless steel circles that have been punched, and they're all tied together with stainless steel wires by hand. So me and my assistants did all that. How long did that take? A while. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember, but I feel like it could be a year, maybe. It was a long time. Um, We usually work on lots of projects at the same time, so it's hard to be specific. Sure. um, so So that's right away, that's a different way to make outdoor sculpture than I've ever seen. You know, any outdoor sculpture I've seen has been welded steel or it's been uh, some kind of plastic or whatever it is, but more like a solid thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to investigate the idea of, you know, how do you make sculpture in a new way, outdoor sculpture, especially with this work. So it sounds like it's rather light and maybe permeable right. and exactly um, with, the, with the air component you mentioned. Right, right. And most sculptures are not like that, you know. How have you enjoyed working in the forest um, environment. It's been nice. It was a little windy yesterday. <laughs> it's oh. really windy, but today is not windy, so it's been great. Um, but it's been nice to just be outside for such a long time. Oh yeah. You know, I'm usually in my studio or you know in Brooklyn. Yeah. Is that where you live? Yes. I briefly go outside to get on the subway. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but th- it's nice just being in the woods for such a long period of time. It's yeah. great. And now the dogwoods are coming out. It's very beautiful. So what kind of projects are you working on right now? Um, I'm The very next thing, there are two things that are coming up immediately. One is the Freeze Art Fair. Oh, right. And we all have to participate in these art fairs, So, and I want to. Mm-hmm. I have a ceramic piece uh, that's like a wall piece that's going to be in that. And um, 
right after that, I have a 50-foot sculpture suspended that's going into NYU Kimmel Pavilion. It's a new building at NYU. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should say, I mean, we should take a moment to, to just let our listeners know that your work is all over the world. Yeah, that's true. You're in Sweden, <laughs> what, Sweden, Tokyo, Switzerland, China, India. These are all some countries that I've heard you've exhibited in. Right. That's true. Yeah. I was going to say not China, but I have. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention uh, cities large and small here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the nice things about being an artist has been seeing the United States through my work. Really, You know, coming here. Never been to Arkansas. Well, welcome. (laughs) We're delighted to have you, for sure. Thank you. you. Since we are a podcast, I'm curious, do you listen to any podcasts? Yes. Which ones? What do you like? (laughs) My most recent favorite is, uh, I don't remember the official name, but it's Preet Bharara. He was a U.S. attorney in New York, and he uh, talks about politics and legal issues in politics. I think it's like Today with Preet or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, also Ezra Klein, I've been listening to a lot of po- political ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a political era, right, right? right? Let me ask you this. You said you started out as a scientist, a geologist. How much does that still influence your work as an artist? Do you think it does at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does a lot. And all the stuff about space, that's all science related. Um, when I was at University of Colorado doing that, uh, attempting to do that degree, which I didn't finish, um, I was required to take physics, and I found that I loved that. Mm. Uh, and that was where my interest in space started. So I took, like, you know, Astrophysics 101 or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. this was a long time ago. <laughs> this was, like, 1982 or three or something. And um, But the teacher that I had was t- teaching us about black holes, which was something unheard of at that time. Right. And I was completely fascinated. And ever since, I, I just read about it as a um, non-expert. But mm-hmm. I read a lot about that stuff. Right. I, I can almost say that looking at a lot of your work, you can see some scientific influence, um, uh, at least impression. Uh, some of your your wire sculptures, for example, that that seem to be very almost ineffable, mm-hmm. um, but yet they they take these beautiful sh- shapes or, or forms. And um, and also, I think your work seems almost um, meditative. Like, have you gotten that kind of feedback from um, people who've seen your artwork before? Yes, and that's also intentional. So even with Scattering Screen, the piece that's installed now, mm-hmm. or will be soon, at <laughs> yeah. Crystal Bridges, uh, it's meant to make the viewer slow down and watch the passage of light and time through the piece. And the more you sit with a lot of my work, the more stuff you see. So if you just kind of walk by it, you just you're going to see one very quick view of it. But mm-hmm. if you let yourself sit with it, um, you'll notice changes, just subtle changes in the light. Um, you know whatever the color i mean certainly these all a lot of these works like the outdoor works change with the seasons as well yeah i was just thinking we, we're definitely a four season a region right um and our forest also has uh differing types of light play based on the mm-hmm. time of day right right so i would expect your sculpture right. could look different all day long it will 
right? If you came in the morning and you came in the evening, and then if you did that in the winter versus the fall or whatever, you know, in yeah. summer, it's going to be quite different. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts about how it might be lit at night? I think it has to be subtle, whatever we do. And I was thinking maybe gra- from the ground up, but not even hitting the piece directly, just creating kind of light around it. Mm-hmm. Because if you hit the the work directly with light, it's just going to bounce back at the viewer. Mm-hmm. So it has to be very subtle, kind of in front, you know, way and maybe four feet in front and mm. Make it a little gently more lighting. Ethereal it. effect of sorts. Yeah. yeah, that's my guess. Okay. <laughs> Allison, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tickets are on sale now for our Forest Concert Series. Spend your summer Saturday evenings from June 16th to August 11th with Crystal Bridges. This music series merges national and local performances in our beautiful North Forest. Bring your own lawn chair or blanket to enjoy music and dancing each Saturday night this summer. A food truck and a cash bar will be available throughout the night. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. We're here with assistant preparator Drew Divalbis to talk about installing artwork. Welcome, Drew. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I have to tell you, um, probably one of the most common things that we get uh, questions about at the museum is a lot about behind the scenes things. And you are probably one of the, uh, your team, in fact, the preparators and the collections are probably among the most behind the scenes crew we have. Tell me a little bit about what you do as an art preparator. What is that? Uh, we basically just handle all the artwork. It's um, uh, a very busy job, but it's a very exciting job. There's something new every day. Um, we go into the museum. We do a lot of work, mostly when the museum is closed. So... If we're not, uh, if we're open during the daytime, we're usually doing other things, preparing for other exhibits. Uh, but it, it's really exciting. Uh, every day has a different project, different demands and challenges. And um, we spend a lot of time working with the artists and uh, and their assistants. And they um, have sometimes very specific demands on what they require and what they expect out of our team. Um, so we just do our best to help facilitate their creative process and also um, uh, just try to take care of the artwork. Okay, so who are some artists that you've been working with lately? Uh, right now, we're working um, with multiple artists, um, and we're doing a lot in the North Forest, uh, a lot of sculpture, 3D art, uh, and also working in a Gallery 4. Uh, There's a show going up. It's called The Garden, and we have an artist that's actually installing a lot of paperwork, and it's kind of exciting because I've never really been able to work with that, and it's uh, it's different medium. Uh, it's actually... Uh, more meticulous, and uh, it's kind of nice to slow down and stay a little bit more focused. And you've been working with some artists uh, in the Beyond, the new Georgia O'Keeffe and Contemporary Art Show. That's correct. Yeah, we have some people coming in. Um, this will be a, more of a mural. I think the mural is, I think, expected to be about thirty feet tall. So right by Louise Jones. Correct. Correct. And it's uh, uh, it's exciting. I've done a lot of the mural work in the past, and it's. Um, I'm excited to work with the artists. They all have different processes, especially when it comes to to a mural. Um, they spend a lot of time uh, focusing on their process and their um, their content. So this this will be a new challenge for me, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's interesting because a lot of the folks on the prep team, as we call it uh, in the museum, um, are working artists yourselves. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your team? 
yeah, it's correct. We uh, most everyone on our team they are uh, creators or makers or uh, artists themselves. Uh, we're all a little bit different. We have different focuses and mat- uh, mediums, uh, materials we like to work with. Uh, we all have a background in education and, and fine arts, uh, mostly studio art, and. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, being an artist and even going to art school, we work a lot with uh, just a studio-based learning. And uh, it's kind of the process we work at, uh, with as a team in the prep department. And uh, we will learn a lot from one another. And um, it's just a constantly uh, evolving um, throughout time with whatever projects come up. So does that help you all in, in actually your jobs and working with the art and handling art? Most definitely. When we work with an artist and they come in, we're usually there to listen and just do whatever they ask. Sometimes it's very simple things, and sometimes it's a little bit more complex. Sometimes it requires a lot more physical activity. Um, so we, we try to uh, take care of ourselves and put ourselves in good positions as far as uh, keeping the artwork safe and keeping ourselves safe. What are some of the specializations that you all do down there? I know that you've got – there's carpentry, there's framing. Tell me a little bit about what you all do. Yeah, uh, so our team um, – Every person on the team has a, a skill set that's uh, very specific. Um, we all have very unique roles on the team. Uh, we have uh, custom framers, people that uh, manage the collection inside the vault, moving the, the crates around and managing the collection. Because um, on site, we have very limited space, so we have to spend a lot of time uh, coordinating uh, the art movement and also the, the art storage. Uh, I'm I, my specialty is fabrication. I have a background in a lot of design build. So uh, usually, when we have a sculpture or something that needs uh, to be moved to another gallery or be put into storage, I'm the one who measures and fabricates the the mount, as we call it, uh, and and it um, uh, either goes off site or on site, and um, it's it's pretty unique. We have to work as a team. There's a lot of communication, a lot of planning that's involved. So we get a lot of questions from guests, and we have uh, through Museum Way, as a matter of fact, that are probably questions that you can answer. So I'm going to throw one at you. One of them is uh, about cleaning and taking care of the art. Uh, You guys do that, right? Uh, Somewhat. Um, We like to maintain the artwork as best as we can. Um, We also work a lot with what you call a conservator. Uh, The conservators come in and they actually help uh, focus on the the longevity of the life expectancy of the artwork. Sometimes if there's a a question of damage or anything like that, uh, they come in and they kind of help do their best to preserve the artwork. Oftentimes the artwork needs to be packed up and shipped off, uh, and it, it takes some time to get that taken care of. It's a very uh, detailed and very delicate process, but um, we actually have bring people in usually to, to, to take care of our work inside of our institution because we're still very young and, uh, and growing at the same time. So we're looking to maybe incorporate that in our future uh, development. Great. Another question that a lot of people often have is, how do we store the art when it's not actually on view in the museum? Uh, We basically have uh, vaults that we keep all of our artwork in. Uh, We have 2D and 3D vault. The 3D vault is strictly uh, 3D work. Uh, The 2D vaults... uh, are not limited to only 2D. It also has 3D work in there. If a 3D piece comes off of work, that's where I come in and take measurements and very uh, specific uh, dimensions on the artwork, and then it's stored on the mount and then taken into the vault and then kind of sealed up because we want to keep dust off of it, and oftentimes we want to keep light uh, off of the work as well. 
Uh, the 2D art is stored on a very large racks. The racks are um, basically mounted on a roller system, and the racks are pulled out, and a 2D art is stored on the on both sides of it. So there's a, a lot of space and a, a lot of artwork. And each painting uh, gets its own little space on the rack that's then recorded, and it's almost like a library, right? You, that, that's you know correct. exactly where everything is at all times. Exactly, yeah. Um, that's when uh, the other half of our department, we're all in collections management. Um, the registrar's office, they manage and take care of the location, the art movement, the con- conservation. Uh, they document everything. And then my team, the prep department, we're the second half of collections management. We do handle all the handling, the movement, uh, and oftentimes we'll have a registrar there to kind of help uh, guide us if we have any questions. And uh, it's a very specific type process. But uh, all the racks in our vaults are labeled and numbered, and so we keep track of the exact location of every every painting in our collection. Mm-hmm. Almost as good as chipping an animal, right? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew, how did you actually become a preparator? How did you come to Crystal Bridges? It's a really good question. I, um, I started out uh, in my undergrad as an architect, and I worked at a firm for a little while. And I just kind of hit a wall with it. I still really love it, but uh, I felt kind of restricted uh, as a creative person. And uh, I was already working on a, an art minor, so I decided to, to to switch over, and which I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. Uh my, my parents were uh, had a lot of questions about that decision, but uh, what was, are you going to do with an art degree? Correct. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of people ask that question a lot. Like, what do you do? And it's interesting, but uh, I think that it's really important to be a creative person um, in a lot of uh, different fields. Um, when you when there's problem solving involved, you want to be creative on in every aspect. Right, uh, and I just I uh, decided to pursue the arts, and uh, I just decided to get. It, dive in head first and uh, I create my own artwork. I've worked with uh, galleries and museums all throughout the Southeast and um, I made my way up to Northwest Arkansas to go to grad school and uh, just stuck around the area and uh, decided to uh, uh, see what, what, what was going on with the Crystal Bridges. A lot of, a lot of talk and uh, I've mm. been there for over two years now and it's a uh, it's nonstop. Crystal Bridge's time is very fast, very fast pace, and uh, I love it. I love to work in the, the high pay, high, high traffic, uh, high volume of high quality artwork, and it's a it's it's an ongoing thing. But uh, I love it. It's exciting. Yeah, one of the fun things about um, the prep team is is we see you guys all over the grounds. We see you everywhere, and have these wonderful memories or images of you all wheeling art from the gallery to the, the vault or vice versa and how exciting that is for people when they get to see the art kind of moving around and, and changing places and being installed in new ways. Did you work on the new reinstallation? I did. Yeah, we, we uh, just now completely redid and overhauled galleries two and three. And uh, it's it's interesting when we have this art movement that you mentioned, it's, uh, it's a challenge sometimes because we have to work with the architecture uh it's it's a very unique structure so it's very important for us to be very mindful and thoughtful of of the the path of the artwork uh sometimes we're really limited on space sometimes the openings aren't su- sufficient or not um uh, or maybe they're too small too large um that you have a lot of traffic of other uh, employees at the museum and we just try to first and foremost put the the safety of the artwork as make it number 1 a lot of people 
probably don't know this, but in the back corridors of Crystal Bridges, there are signs that say yield to art in transit. That's correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it, we work on that. It's a new, uh, uh, concept. We're trying to implement more and more. Uh, we, we, sometimes we have people that are running behind and they might have a, a cup of coffee in their hand and we want to make sure that, um, uh, the, take all every precaution not to, to, to danger any of the artwork or, uh, or much less, you know, we don't want anybody else to have any, any problems either. So. Right. Right. Do you have any fun stories about working with artists that you would like to share? Yeah, it's uh, every artist is a little different. Uh, they, uh, uh, they they all have different demands. Again, they uh, sometimes they have a long list of materials. They know what they want. They get in there and they grind it out, um, and they work really hard. They they're on a mission. They're here to do a job, and they they uh, they, they get after it. Um, and sometimes they they're they're also really real people. They like to hang out and uh, uh, they're very relatable. You can really sit down and have a conversation and, and oftentimes um, uh, they become lifelong friends. Uh, I continue to, to, to develop relationships with these people and they're, they're good people to know. And um, uh, they definitely sometimes bring some, some characters through, uh, but it's, uh, it's interesting. It's that weird diverse process and that creative process and working with different people that, um, that have different ideas about what, what art should be. And uh, especially when it's more contemporary, it's exciting to work around. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they all come from very diverse backgrounds and experiences. And- they, they do with, uh, with our museum, we, we have a lot of artwork that moves from all over the place, comes from all over. And, and, uh, it's some of these people I've heard of and seen only in books. So when I, when I get to work with them and, and work with their artwork, it's, uh, it's very uh, surreal, and uh, it's kind of, even now I think back about memories about things, and it's just I can't believe I was ever a part of something like that. So it's nice to be a part of history and, and see, also see it come alive. And, and I think above all is having a, a wonderful museum and institution like this in this area that not only enriches our community but also attracts people from all over the world. And, uh, and just to be a part of something like that, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really something special. And uh, I had mentioned earlier when we were talking with Allison Schatz that I really encourage people to visit her website so that they can get a sense of just how accomplished and uh, amazing an artist that she is and so many others that come here. That's correct. Yeah, we're working with her right now. And she's uh, it's a beautiful weather outside. We're doing an outside installation. And uh, it's nice to see how she works. She's uh, she's It's interesting for her because it's still a very uh, new a piece of artwork for her so you see her kind of troubleshoot through the process and it's it's exciting because we kind of help her develop a new way of understanding the way she installs the art it's we're kind of a part of diagramming and documenting the process itself so she can take it further in the future and also it can be uh used for our record and at the museum well drew it's been a real pleasure talking to you today you as well stace thanks for having me the beyond Georgia O'Keeffe and Contemporary Art, opens May 26th. A selection of O'Keeffe's most important works will be the centerpiece for this unique exhibition. Alongside these iconic artworks, the exhibition will feature 53 works by a select group of 20 contemporary artists who evoke, investigate, and expand upon Georgia O'Keeffe's artistic legacy. This exhibition gives a fresh look at Georgia O'Keeffe through the lens of contemporary art. Learn more at crystalbridges.org. Thanks for tuning in to Museum Way. 
We hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune in each month to hear more. Don't forget to head over to our social media channels and leave a question or comment about what you'd like to hear on future episodes. I'm Stay Street, and I'll catch you next month right here on Museum Way.